It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, it's Jamie and Stephen here from 20 Minute Tims, and how does the offer of free beer sound to you? Good, that sounds good. You like that, Stephen? Yeah, as, as a loyal listener to the show, we'd like to reward you with just that, free beer. Thanks to our friends at Beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight free exclusive craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to Beer52.com slash Tims, T-I-M-S, and cover just four ninety five for postage. As an added bonus for 20 Minute Tims listeners, Stephen, Beer52 are giving us two extra beers, so that's oh. ten beers, and all you have to do is cover the postage. Beer52 are craft beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet earth has to offer no surprise then that they're the world's most popular craft beer discovery club Stephen, you're sitting there very relaxed oh that's right jamie i am currently celebrating the cup final win yesterday with a refreshing harpoon ipa a hoppy floral crisp india pale ale if like me you prefer a light beer you can personalize your selection to include only those in your box melly you've finished one as well how would you describe it finish was absolutely delicious that's right, Melly. <laughs> <laughs> Each month, Beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme. Themes range from Germany to Korea, Nor- Norway to South Africa, and California to... That's really rude <laughs> to Finland, <laughs> but they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that they don't hold you to ransom, Stephen. There's no lock-in. You can nope, leave nope. at any time. That's right. In fact, what you can do is sign up, claim your free beer, and then basically cancel Easy right away. That. Easy, Easy as, as that. Easy as that. Your first box is posted out to you next day, and this month will contain beer from the USA. As well as the most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include an award-winning craft beer magazine called Ferment, which explains the themes and individual beers, and you will receive a cheeky snack thrown in just to top it all off. Ten beers when there's a lot of football on over Christmas. This sounds like a cracking deal. Makes sense. What are you waiting for? (laughs) Just to claim this, you go to beer52, that's beer52.com forward slash Tims to get your case of eight beers for free. And don't forget, as a 20-minute Tims listener, you get an extra two unmissable beers just for signing up that's beer52.com forward slash Tim's episode 203 of 20 minute Tim's and we are back I am joined by Nelly ready to unleash the fury and Stephen must we must yes. we do this that's a decade ruined, but ruined be- before we do it before we do it I must promote our Patreon Patreon is a subscription service that allows you to support this podcast in exchange for additional content um, if you like what we do on this Monday night flagship podcast you can subscribe to our Patreon and get many 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 more podcasts every month that's right it just it keeps the lights on in this this year's studio really it keeps the ball rolling for us it allows these luxurious new microphones you can hear yes, that yes. don't break down anymore and the new <laughs> laptop and things like that helps us 
keep the wheels rolling. If you want to hear more from us, you can check us out at patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. Now that that is out of the way. Can we not just keep talking about that for <laughs> maybe 30 or 40 minutes and then just, <laughs> and then just add in at the end? Oh, I should yeah. also introduce myself. I am your host, Jamie. Um, no, we must, Stephen, I'm afraid we must talk, talk about it. Will we give all the Huns that are going to be listening here a wee hello <laughs> You want to give well? them a wee hello? Thanks yeah, for boosting the numbers, guys. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, Celtic 1, Rangers 2, Rangers for the first time in nine years. Not been, true. Yeah, yes, Melly, quite right. Whatever way you want to look at it, uh, new Rangers, old Rangers, whatever you want to call them, have managed, conspired to win at Parkhead for the first time in around nine years in a performance that Stephen... I feel like I saw before a couple of weeks ago at Hamden. No, no, nobody saw this coming. No, never, no, never sure? for a single second thought this Rangers were going to start really quickly and press aggressively. No one ever saw that coming. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, where, where to even start on, on that performance? It was almost identical, if not maybe even slightly worse than the cup final. We sat here just last week and said that, right, we got away with one there. Got away yep. with one in the cup final. That's what it's all about. Brilliant. Celebrated it. But this is a chance. This is an opportunity to go out and prove that they're the better team. We all know what's going to happen. We know how Rangers are going to play here. Yep. But it's up to Neil Lennon and John Kennedy to find a plan, find an idea that's going to nullify that. It's mm-hmm. going to overcome that somehow. It's dead easy. It's dead simple. We all know what's going to happen. But it's not my job to find the the answer to it. It's their job, and that's the challenge we laid down to them in this very podcast last week. We, we know they listened, <laughs> but, <laughs> they, but they did not do it. But that's that's what football is, Melly. Your opponent has a puzzle, and you, as the yeah. manager of the other team, have to find a way to solve it. Celtic got a preview of the Rangers puzzle at the cup final, as far as I'm concerned, um, and we performed poorly, to say the least, against that. Um, we had various discussions on this podcast and in fans groups and on Twitter and everyone was like, how do we line up against Rangers? What what can we possibly do? In fairness to Neil Lennon, he would sit down and say, well, you know what? My lineup was quite, quite different. I think there was three changes from the mm, cup final. Yeah. I had more of my better players in their best positions. When the lineup came out, most people were happy with it. So Neil Lennon said, I did change it up a wee bit. Do you think it was enough though? I think did, well let, let me change the question slightly do you think it was enough before the game with, without going into hindsight how did you feel about it before the game when you saw the line up I thought it was fine the only the only real big discussion would be in Cham or Johnson but Johnson he's done it against him at Ibrox before and we wanted to get our good players in their best positions because recently it hasn't well we have won most of the games it hasn't looked great with players sort of being moved around a bit the lineup was fine, but then during the game, do something to change it because yeah, it's yeah, not working. Absolutely. And see when you get to half time, do something then. <laughs> Don't wait till sixty five minutes to change it. The game plan going going into these games was right? the one. Oh, well, that yeah, that's it. We're going to come on to all of this, but the game plan, as it looks from a Celtic point of view, appears to be right. We know they're going to press. Right, we know they're going to press aggressively because that's what they do. Even going back before Gerard, going back several managers now, Rangers always start quickly. Even if you've been paying any attention to Scottish football whatsoever in the last five years, which Neil Lennon has been very much part of at two clubs, how do you not know that this this is how they start? But the the game plan, such as it is, appears to be just defend for your lives for the first <laughs> yeah. hour of the game and ho- hopefully hold on they- by your fingernails <laughs> and hopefully they'll tire themselves out at which point presumably we'll score goals to win the game it's, it was in- infuriating to watch that and I've watched it back again as well I'm not just reacting from just pure emotion at the time it's 
it's an infuriating way to start the game from a Celtic point of view because it's just it just seems like total panic and I don't know why that sets in so often in these games well, not so often but just recently it seems to be the case I, I don't. I hate to be that guy but I did have and I'm pretty sure I said it on this podcast was I did have my concerns about setting up in the exact same way yeah, to be yeah. set up for, for the cup final you did say about an extra man in midfield I, yeah. I wanted and charm on there and, and my worry is Rangers are very compact that sort of narrow compact block that they have that moves from side to side and hurries and harries and you know really tightens things up around Celtic players I wanted somebody in midfield that could come into space, take the ball under pressure, move the ball on. And again, I thought that's what we lacked because there was the lack of movement off the ball for Celtic, I thought at times was nothing short of appalling. Now, we can run through all the players, but there's a few people... Well, the scattergun is still holstered for oh, now, but it will be coming out. Don't my hand's doing that, that, yeah. twi- that, twitch, <laughs> that wee twitch over it, right? Um, but, the, but there's players when I saw in the lineup. I was happy with it. I yep. did say that in the group chat, you know, in the Discord. I said, look, I'm happy with the lineup, but I do worry that maybe in Cham should have played. But there's guys there who... You know, see if I hear the phrase just the, didn't show up one more time mm. or spontaneously yeah. combust because that's a catch-all for just saying someone had a crap game. Yeah. Let's talk about why they had a crap game. Let's sit James Forrest down and say, where were you? You know, where, where, where did you go for 90 minutes during that game? James Forrest, um, I mean, we've, we've talked him up to absolute death this season. We've all been huge fans of him, but we did acknowledge, I think even last week as well, he's had a, a number of games off against Rangers. And this was probably the the lowest point of that as far as James Forrest's performances go. I said to you guys in probably Discord and the group chats across various platforms, I said if Ryan Kent had so much as one game, one quiet game against Celtic, we'd cast it up against him for the rest of his career. But now James Forrest has an almost unblemished 10 years of never turning up against Rangers. That's slightly unfair because he did have a few big performances and a few big moments under Brendan Rodgers but he seems to have just settled back into type this that game well I was going to say it was an uncharacteristically quiet game but it seems to happen time and again against Rangers what made me really like genuinely angry not just disappointed was was how many times he just disappeared like yeah. you would see Frimpong in so much space and obviously Frimpong's first instinct is to go forward with the ball we've talked about it a lot it goes forward and dribbles but the amount of times James Forrest would visibly just just go and position himself in between two Rangers defenders, yep, impossible, the yeah, back and the impossible half. to find them from Frimpong. And I was I was honestly <laughs> raging with it because we've we're already going into the the sort of McGeady level with Frimpong, mm. where the tactic the seems ball. to be give him the ball, right? He can go and beat six players, and and presumably at the end of that, a goal will happen. Already leaning far too much on this guy who's just turned 19, but to hang him out to dry like that as your de facto partner on the pitch, James Forrest, I don't know I don't know what he was thinking. Watch the difference between Ryan Kent and James Forrest in the game. James Forrest, I, I, I'm giving James Forrest benefit of the doubt here. I think what he was trying to do was pull defenders away and right. give Frimpong space to, to run it. Now, right? now just a brief part on Frimpong. That did happen quite a lot. The amount of times I was looking at Frimpong going, Get forward, take him yeah. on. There's space there, but you know if that's the one, James Forrest is a senior player. He's a, he's he's one like, of the senior. One players, of the yeah. se- he should be is move one. See if you want to pull a defender away. Don't just move four yards yeah. left to go. Oh, he's he's not following me. Make a bold runner. If if Frimpong's struggling, you said Stephen, come short, take the ball under pressure, look for a give and go. Yeah, James give, Forrest just seemed quite happy just give to them drift. Some, give them something to think about. Don't just. I mean, if I'm Rangers left back, if I'm Barisic or even Katic, who's who's beside them, 
Forrest isn't giving me something to think about. He's not making me think, well, I'm, I might get pulled out of position here. What I'm thinking is, well, there's James Forrest right beside me. James Forrest is, a, as I said, the senior. He should be saying to Frimpong, right, give me that wee man. I'll give you yeah. a hand here. Whereas James Forrest is looking in no man's land wanting someone to bail him out. Look how many times Frimpong and Forrest combined. None. Uh, Absolutely yeah, none. Yeah. And that's a partnership up the right-hand side. No give and goes, no one-twos. Absolutely nothing. There was absolutely nothing from him. And this term, hiding... It can be unfair in players sometimes, but when you see them, mate, you don't want to be here. Yeah, and he wasn't yeah. the only one. You do not want to be on this pitch. It's why, look, Forrest, a good player, he has been good, but that's no use if you're not going to turn up in the big game, the no, biggest no, game. Right, yeah. We've got a lot of players that I, he does well, but we've got players that play well for 34 games of the season. We need them to turn up in these games. It's why I always prefer Patrick Roberts. He's a better player than James Forrest. Yeah. And we just seem to have settled for James Forrest now, albeit he has done well. But recently he's been poor in that yesterday. That was unforgivable, that performance. As you say, that guy that, what, is he 28 now? Yeah. I mean, if you're at all interested, James Forrest's whole match was 15 passes, nine completed. Which is worse than anybody in the pitch. It's worse than Olivier Cham, who came on the field at the same time James Forrest left it and played the rest yeah. of the game. It, it, his, his contribution to that game was nothing short of abysmal. If you're a patron, you can log on. We put the Y Scout reports up. You can check each individual player's Y Scout. Look at James Forrest's second half. It's hilarious. I know, but bizarrely, I thought he was actually going to be on a good game. We've we've talked about the old cliche for the ages, maybe not for a while now, but the you can tell what James Forrest is going to turn up. Judging by the first five minutes, you can yeah. tell if he's going to have a good game or not. Um, that that's seemed, that's kind of dissipated in recent seasons, but he started actually quite well. There was I say he started quite well. There was one run he went on where he cut in from the right hand side, just right across the pitch, and eventually passed it back to the centre half. But he skinned Kent and came in off the wing, and it, it got the crowd like interested. It got the crowd cheering a wee bit. And I thought he's going to be he's going to get a wee boost from this, but at that point. He just completely vanished. And again, I don't like using words like vanished and hid and disappeared and all that kind of thing, but I can't really think of any other way to describe it. But one thing I thought is, or, or did Rangers do such a good job? When, you know, you can look at each individual player and you can say, right, he didn't turn up or he vanished or he hid. And I'm, I'm trying to dig into, what does that mean? Could it potentially mean that James Forrest never hid, but what happened was Rangers done such a good job defending that really they left James Forrest, they, they nullified the James Forrest threat. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. They did nullify it, but for the, if they're nullifying you, you have to go and find the space. Yeah. And he wasn't interested in doing that. Rangers out-coached Celtic, had a game plan that they knew exactly what they were doing. Celtic were just, this is my best team, go out and win this game. They didn't look like they had a plan because nothing changed. Yeah, no, Nothing but- changed. There was no passage of play where you thought right we're doing something different we had absolutely nothing down the left hand side it was give it to Frimpong Christie the three behind the striker were absolutely anonymous and you could see from the very start of the game Rangers started better because they pressed us our front front line didn't press them at all and no. they just hit that ball from their full back right up kept us up the pitch one wee fouls off Morelos and got up the pitch the Celtic I don't, I don't know what the plan was there was no well, that, focus down the yeah. right, no focus down the left. Christie wasn't pressing up with Edward. We could have, I thought we should have dropped Christie and uh, make it a 1 2 rather than the 2 1 in yeah. midfield because Brown and McGregor, if it wasn't for them in the first half, we'd have been 3 0 oh, yeah, yeah. because we were absolutely overrunning central midfield again because Rangers play that 3 and 2. And it happens all the time. And then when they, they move it out wide, they just all go across. Celtic were 
all over the place. You've seen it in the first goal, positionally shocking. It was an absolute abysmal thing to be outcoached again by Rangers. Well, that's shocking. That's a good point. I mean, we've we've all had the laugh about Steven Gerrard, your rookie manager, and all that kind of thing, but. Looking at Rangers, watching Rangers against Celtic, I can tell what they're doing. I can tell yeah. what their plan is, and I can't tell what Celtic's is at all. Steven Gerrard obviously is a, a relatively new manager, but he's not—he's not just out there. Upper. He is Steven Gerrard. He's got a lot of experience under his belt, and he came up through the through the kind of ranks Aye. at Liverpool in a coaching sense. But he's obviously got an idea of how he wants his team to play against Celtic, and. He's implemented it. Yeah. He seems to have he's, made it very clear for the players and they, they're able to follow yeah, it. They knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Celtic didn't have a clue. They no. were absolutely clueless. Rangers, you could tell when they got the ball, what their plan was, was to get it through their fullbacks, get it up and have Aribo and Kent support Morelos and then just condense the midfield when they lose the ball. Kent and Aribo drop inside and then start staying for. Do you know what it seems to me like happened? It seems to me like happened last season. Stephen Gerrard thought, do you know what? We weren't too far away. We struggled in the games against Celtic. We need if we've got any chance of winning this league, we need to find a way to beat Celtic. So him and his team have sat down and went, right? How do we beat Celtic? What do we need to do to win these games against Celtic? Because if we can beat Celtic, the rest of the league basically take care of itself. Yeah. And they've come up with a system to beat us. What happened is we've played the cup final. Went ok. I we ended up winning the game there. It'll be a different story when we've got Edward back. We seemed very casual to it but that I don't think really that's what's happened because in the last couple of weeks we've paid, played three different formations Yeah, we've played three different formations in the last couple of weeks I thought the three at the back was a trial for how we might line up against Rangers mm, did we've, say that at the time yeah we've played in Cham which you know we upset the balance of the team and we didn't think it worked but again you're looking at it and but then they played Rangers we revert back to type and then after 70 minutes we revert to the, th- the three at the back. And I thought at that point we actually had more of the game when we had in Chamber yeah. and three at the back. But you're just looking at this going, did we really, did we come into this game unprepared? And there's a, there's a lot of people on the Patreon I, I put open to people's comments just to see the sort of general feeling on yeah. that. And the general feeling, just, uh, you know, seemed to be summed up by user Scooter Pinkerton. You know, there's a lot of people said that they're all summed up here. He says, does Gerard have Lennon's number? For now, he certainly does. Oh, but yeah. that, that, that kind of puts me in mind... I say, I talk about Gerrard's coaching, obviously in mind that he got it completely wrong at Ibrox earlier this season as well, um, made a complete mess of his tactics, played f- the five central midfielders. What, which we praise Lennon for because he got his spot yeah. on that day and he kind of just went with the same. Yeah, well the thing with Gerrard is that management and coaching isn't about getting, getting everything right all the time, it's about adaptation and that's yeah. certainly what Gerrard has done. He's obviously watched that game and thought, I'm never doing that again and I'm never allowing that to happen with my tactics again and and they haven't it's, it's about changing evolving and Celtic for the I mean for the brief time that we're talking about here we're not talking about ever we're not talking about the whole season here mm. but they, they haven't adapted to what Rangers are doing at all No they look like a team that know exactly what they're doing Rangers and when I look at the two lineups I'd say Barisic maybe because Bongo is yeah, absolutely Barisic is excellent now but apart from Barisic would any of their players get in our team Probably not, and that's that means they we have got better players, but they're a better team. And why is that? Because they're better coached. They know what they're doing. Well, they knew that day exactly what to do and had a game plan. And we were just woefully exposed. Just on just on the systems and the things and the changes that Neil Lennon made. You know, again, a lot of the patrons are saying this summed up by Andrew Milligan. He's saying, why did it take Lenny about sixty five minutes to change things up? Do, do yeah. you think? Do you think? When you could, I mean, 
you hate to see players hooked in the first half and it very rarely happens but I was very surprised for example to see James Forrest come out for a second half yeah. I, we were actually at the start of the second half I, th- I think we might have been worse than we were going in yeah. at the end of the first half yeah, Lennon look, he seems to be a very loyal guy and he seems to think these players have got me out of hole before they'll do it again but sometimes we praise Brendan Rodgers in his first season because if it wasn't going well he'd change it he'd adapt to the game and we didn't 65 minutes we we got a penalty which was against the run of play we got an equaliser which was against the run of play then we let in a goal the second half we were abysmal from the very start of it and right. it takes 20 minutes before you do anything to change it then you're leaving yourself 25 minutes to win a game that you're losing at home it, it was just far too long sometimes it needs to be this plainly isn't working and it didn't work in the cup final but we didn't have a lot of options we had options on the bench here and we didn't take them it was crying out for Incham because we were getting so swamped in midfield Christie was in effect just ineffective because there was too big a gap between midfield and defence Brown and McGregor were swarmed constantly bowling goalie Forrest not interested in being there. Mikey Johnson looked like a wee boy. We were getting absolutely bullied all over the place. Rangers didn't even play that well. I just want to draw people's attention to the scattergun there. I think absolutely <laughs> everybody got it. Yeah. Um, bowling goalie, I didn't. I think bowling goalie. Done, done with him. You can, you can be done with him, but you need to offer me an alternative because you just said, you know, you just we've watched the game again. Mikey Johnson basically got the ball taken off him every time he took it. Yeah put bowling goalie stats up for anybody that wants to see them but you know without boring the tits off everybody you know <laughs> he, he, his passing was fine no, nowhere near the worst in the team one of the best he just kept coming inside and doing the easy thing and giving it to Callum McGregor but but we but we saw it exi- but he's looking at Michael Johnson going every time I give the ball to Mikey Johnson he's getting it taken off him so what, what that was what, apparent what, very early what on what do yeah. I need to do so he, he just played the game simple he kept it simple and if you're if you're getting battered you know, there's players that made their career off of keeping this up. I'm not saying Bowling Goal is the best player, but what I'm saying is we need to be a bit careful here and going, oh, he didn't single-handedly take on two full-backs. Or... Because everyone struggled. Absolutely every player struggled in a Celtic shirt. Bowling Goalie, for me, I think people are just used to Kieran Tierney. No, We're, it's not that. You're used to your full-back taking guys on, and people are looking at Bowling going, take him on, take him on. But for me, if you're getting battered, you revert to doing the simple things and that's what Bowling Goalie done. I'm not saying it's great, I'm not saying it's going to win the game and and to be honest, do I want someone with a bit more courage who's going to try something and take somebody on because that's how you win these games? Yes. Well, he was by far and away nowhere near the worst player on the pitch. Well, Forrest was the worst player but I thought Bowling Goalie was after. And look, you can look up all the stats that you want and say well, his passing wasn't that bad. Sitting at that game watching him was painful. It was absolutely shocking. His first touch is howling. Hmm. He's, if he goes guy by somebody he runs into the next guy he doesn't want the ball he does that Lustig thing where he passes it inside then directs it over the other side of the pitch when you see a play, you can tell when a player doesn't want to be there and he doesn't looking at my fullback okay Mikael Lustig wasn't the best but he was basically a sort of centre half in a right back position that gave yeah. us a back three a platform to go on Bowling is not good at defending he's not good at going forward what does he offer? absolutely nothing because no. see if he's doing that you want him to be like Johnny Hayes where he's going to give you 100% now I'm not a big Hayes fan at all he's going to give you everything he'll not shuck out a tackle he'll give you 100% Bowling goalie gave us absolutely nothing yesterday 
why are we persisting with this? I've seen enough of him to go, he's not a good player. It doesn't even, I'm not even comparing him to Kieran Tierney. He's not a good footballer. There's a lot of people on the the, dis- the Discord and the Patreon, Stephen, you know, making the comments about bowling goalie asking, why was there no wide player on the pit, on the on the substitutes bench? Why was mm. Greg Taylor, how did he not even make the bench? I know Johnny Hayes was on, but we've written Johnny Hayes off in this podcast ever since yeah. the start of the season. We can't now, or are we now turning and going, well, maybe Hayes wouldn't have been a bad idea. Well, the thing with Hayes is, bowling goalie's performance, I, I do agree with Mel. I, I just don't. I mean, I think I said last week or the, the week before. I just don't think he's that good a player. I think he's just average. However, over the course of twenty-seven games, I feel qualified to be able yeah. to make a judgment on a player. I remember I was, was joking with Tom of the Having a Rank podcast. I sat next to him on Bowling Goalie's home debut against Sarajevo and just turned to him and said he's terrible. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I was only joking at the time, and you don't make a judgment on that. But and in all honesty, I don't think he's he's a very good player. As far as the wide players go, I think in making changes and all that, I honestly think you could have taken both wingers off after about 15 minutes and it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't have been a mistake. Obviously, I'm not trying to be dramatic with that. Bowling goalie's performance, um, he's starting to remind me a wee bit of, uh, and I, I don't make this comparison lightly, uh, he's starting to remind me a wee bit of Chaduri or Samaras mm. in that he is constantly just shocked, just incredulous at what he has just done. Mm. So he'll take a terrible touch or he'll make a terrible pass and he'll just be like, have a big daft grin on his face thinking, well, what was that all about? Eh? What am I like? What, what, <laughs> how did that happen? And I, I just worry that he's, his head's gone a bit. I think th- there are times where fans can, obviously in the very tense atmosphere of this, there are times when fans get, can get on players' backs and it's very difficult for them to claw it back. But right, I don't think he's given anything now to have any faith in he didn't do anything that was as bad as Johnny Hayes' performance against Hearts the previous week mm. I don't think it was no. anywhere near as bad as that but that was just an absolute catastrophe but I still while I do agree I agree with both of you I think Melly I think he's a poor footballer at this point Jamie I agree with you he wasn't the worst player on the park at this point but I just go back to what I said a couple of weeks ago I haven't changed my mind and I just don't I just don't think he's very good at all there was one moment towards the end I think it was where um the ball was about to go out for a Celtic throw, I'm pretty convinced, and Bowley let the ball bounce off his head and went straight <laughs> down the tunnel, I think it was. Uh, I, I feel for him. I'd, I just think he's a little bit out of his depth at the moment. Is he going to come good? Maybe, but after 27 games, I don't know how likely that is that we haven't already seen what he's capable of. It's, it's ridiculous that he's played 27 games anyway. No, nothing to do with him personally, but just... You know, Greg Taylor. Did we just write Greg Taylor off then? Maybe if he's not good enough to play now, then I don't. I don't understand why he was signed. I don't really understand why certain players. This has always been the case with Celtic. It's not just Neil Lennon, not just this case, but certain players get an awful lot more chances than others, and yeah. I don't know what that is. It's obviously down to training or attitude or just your face doesn't fit. But um, Greg Taylor has played five games, maybe in bowling goalie twenty-seven. So I, I tells don't really own, know. Tells his own yeah. story in that one. One thing. It, it could be with Greg Taylor is he is quite lightweight mm. so if mm. you had Frimpong Taylor Johnson Forrest yeah that's true it's yeah. very lightweight because we did we did look very light yesterday and I know you you don't win by staunchness you don't win by <laughs> having dig in midfield and all yeah. that but it does help in these games and maybe we were just a, a bit too small Greg Taylor maybe if El Hamid's fit and playing it right back would see Greg Taylor in because well, we lost a goal from a set piece, but all these things add up, don't they? Yeah. You, you, you touch on something there, Melly, that Matthew Miller said in the Patreon. He says, you know, 
uh, are we are, have we got a good enough balance between midfield ball winners and silky footballers in the, in the Celtic lineup? You know, a lot of people have said this. You know, I think I've I've never seen the name Wanyama so often on social <laughs> yeah. media as I have after yesterday's game, as if he was going to be the solution to things. Now, don't get me wrong, Wanyama's a good player. Not seen an awful lot from him in the yeah, last couple, couple of years. Of years yeah. um, he's a bit of a crock, but I think Celtic. You know, expand the question out a wee bit, guys. Does Celtic have players? in that squad capable of cobbling together a team and beating Rangers, I think, undoubtedly. Yeah, we, we definitely do. And maybe, look, it's got to the point now where we have got better players, but we need to change our system to win this game. You, you can't be so arrogant to think, nah, my players are better, they yeah. won't win, because patently they're not. We get beat at home. We need to get a system where we, get a, we have to congest the midfield as well and get it out wide, like we did, and whether that's playing... Ryan Christie out on the left, so he cuts inside. Maybe I'd rather El you know, see than Forrest on the left hand side. Yep. He'll come inside, or whether we go to a back three, which means Beaton can sort of push into a midfield position, or El Hamid if he's back, and uh, have Frimpong and a decent left back if we find one going down the left hand side because we need to do something. Maybe we go three at the back, a diamond in the midfield, and one up front, and that gets us. A lot of good players on the pitch because we've seen now Johnston and Forrest very ineffective against Rangers. What do you think the Celtic system was? Now, the Rangers system was obviously compact, narrow, 4-3-3. Let us have the ball in our half. When the ball came into their half, hunting in packs, forcing us into mistakes. I hate to be grandiose about it, but the Rangers kind of are reminding me, or they did in that game, remind me a wee bit of like a mini Liverpool you know the way that li- Liverpool oh, makes played. sense yeah that's where he's come from yeah. forcing players into making mistakes yeah. and then attacking us when, when they get the ball back let me ask you what was the Celtic plan Stephen because <laughs> I, I, I was honestly looking pass for, next uh, I, 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 watching I was, it again I, I still don't know I, I still don't know you know things weren't working Scott Brown and Callum McGregor in midfield they were doing well but we just couldn't get our wide players on the ball now I personally think that was down to we weren't moving the ball side to side enough. You know, no, like Brendan Rodgers used passive. to play. Very passive. You move the ball side to side, there's a lot of running off the ball, you're opening up gaps. But I thought a lot of the time the distance between the midfield and the attackers was far too... One one thing that I found curious was I thought the distance between Scott Brown and McGregor and Ryan Christie was too much, but I also felt a lot of the time the distance between Ryan Christie and Edward was too much as well. Like yeah. the, the, the Christie shape, was lost, wasn't he? Uh, the the attacking well. shape was all over the place. It's bizarre as well, because that's when Celtic get their most joy at home to Lazio as well, when they pushed Christie up with Edward and started dragging them all over the place. There was so much energy and they linked up so well together. To have them so so disparate um, in that game is, is really surprising to see. Christie just... I don't know what happened to him. I have no idea. Just completely, again, hesitant to use the word, but disappeared. It's not a thing was going right for him. His touch completely let him down. And it, it just, he looked, this, this is going to sound really strange, but to move him back into the centre, weirdly, he looked out of position in that game, even though we've, yeah, all, been, I can understand what you're saying even though we've all been saying he's been playing out of position on the right. With the way Rangers set up, they always had an extra man. Yeah. So no matter who gets the ball, once they doubled up in Frimpong because Forrest wasn't doing anything just completely negated what we were doing and the way their system works is they shift across and leave the furthest guy furthest away guy free so we didn't Christie was lost because Brown and McGregor were there but they were occupied by Kamara Jack and Davis and then when you get Arable coming in as well 
Christie was in no man's land. He wasn't in midfield, but he wasn't up front enough. He was just in that number 10 role, but he was ineffective in there because there was no space. I suppose we're talking about Ryan Christie, it's a good opportunity to talk uh, a wee bit about the game itself. We can, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> uh, f- first up, I suppose we can talk about the penalty. Uh, I thought it was a decent shout by the ref. Um, that he sort of told them beforehand, I'm watching you watch this pulling. I was the, surprised. The, yeah. the corner yeah. came in, he, he tugged at him and the referee went, Stonewaller, penalty, there you go. I, I basically told you and there's nothing more I can do about it. Now, fair enough. I think it's something that should probably be given more. And in all honesty, we'll come on to it with Rangers goal, but they could have had one for the exact same incident. Christie had a huge handful of Aribo shirt and just hold him to the ground for the previous corner that was coming in to when they scored. But I, I, yeah, I, more of those should be given if if it's absolutely clear as day that you've got a huge handful of someone's shot and you're pulling them over, and then eventually, is it Katic? He just runs into to Julian as he's as he's about to let him go as well. When Celtic got the penalty there, I, I thought I can't believe we're going to do this again. I honestly, mm. can't believe we've got the, the luck luck of the Irish in that <laughs> uh, two games in a row to be completely under the cosh and somehow snatch a goal I've, I've absolutely no idea how we're going to do this but it uh, wasn't to be oh, I felt I felt sick when we got the penalty when I seen Christie pick the ball up if Odson Edward misses a penalty it's a shock for me mm. see if Ryan Christie misses it's not a shock for me he's not as technically as good as Edward no. Edward is the coolest guy in that whole stadium He'll just, like he said in the cup final, I knew I was going to score the penalty. I don't know why it's changed all of a sudden to Ryan Christie. Yes, mm. he has scored a few, but... Missed one very recently as well. I would always go Edward, and I know it's just with a left-footed thing, but is it <laughs> not racist. just obvious where he's going to put that? It was just yeah. it's just Samaras against McGregor. How many years ago when we drew 0-0 and he missed that penalty? It's like, you'd be telegraphing where you're going to put yeah. that. It just... The, the problem so with these, aye, the problem with these penalties is, I, I, I've been dying, really dying to find the article that I read on it, and it's basically just breaking. It's very interesting, by the way. It's yeah. breaking down the stats of where most people put the penalties. But Good, look, I'll, I'll look forward to not reading it. I really don't know really where it boring, is. Yeah, for sure, don't read that one. <laughs> um, long story short, if a left foot or stand at that side of the ball, high Vegas odds probability that he's putting the ball in that position. I hate the short run-ups as well. Aye, and, and that's really all you need to know as a goalkeeper that. At the likes of McGregor, who's pretty decent at saving oh, yes, penalties, yeah. incidentally off his line. So we'll take that to the SFA in the morning. <laughs> but it was a really, it was a poor pen, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's at a good height for the keeper and all those all yeah. those old tired cliches. But it wasn't good. I think it was so obvious. To be honest, I haven't spoken to a single person who doesn't agree that he didn't look like he was scoring at yeah. all. Um, you you can just tell. Same with Morelos in the penalty against Celtic in the cup final. You, you can tell. Tell by looking at his face, he's not going to score this. And it was the same with Christie there. Everything about his his position to the ball, as as we've been talking about, the short run up just fills me with absolute dread. In these games, I find that people that have been there and done it before do it again. So, how many times has Edward scored against them? Well, that's Five the thing that puzzles me because Edward doesn't ever miss for that distance. Exactly. No. And Ryan Christie has scored one goal against Rangers for Aberdeen, but he's never scored against this Rangers before. Hmm. It's just these wee psychological things that, that get me. But if Edward was stepping up to take that, their fans are like, well, that's in. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. I know. I know it's hindsight. We, we should have played. In oh, there's going to be plenty of that tonight, though. We you worry, Edward should have it, but I, I don't know why he's just all of a sudden been taking off these penalties. Mm. He didn't miss any, did he? No, not as far as I know. So we missed the penalty, and approximately four minutes later, the ball is in the back of our net. Mm. Um, 
and this Rangers goal for all intents and purposes Stephen came from a Celtic attack uh, it came from something that we've discussed numerous times in the podcast already the ball getting taken off of Mikey Johnson's if he's a wee boy playing with the big boys and before you know it Rangers are up the pitch now you can go back and watch this goal Rangers movement in this goal is pretty ridiculous com- com- in comparison to how Celtic move because when Rangers take the ball off us there's about six of their own players in their own half and by the time they put the ball in the back of the net they're outnumbering us at the other end as well it was a um, quick, quick break and but then it's the movement like Joe Rebo starts from the, the right back position the Rangers right back position by the time the ball's in the back of the net he's at the front post so they're causing all this confusion in our and this is what we're talking about coaching they're causing all this confusion in our box all this confusion attacking meanwhile we're looking about going is that Brown's man is it Ayers man yeah, is it right. Julian's man complete confusion uh, in that I think when when Brown Brown is the closest man to him, but I'm not. I'm still not convinced it was actually his man because the, everyone was so far away from where they should have been. Brown turns around, and I'm not even convincing you. Brian Kent was even in the vicinity of the box. It's just it's depressing to watch that go back. To be it's a rebo that causes it. Yeah. If you want, if you want me to bowl the tits off, you won't wake it. I'll, I'll talk you through. <laughs> right, but Barisic gets the ball on the left hand side, and he's running into our box. Frimpong comes across and stands him up, which is fine. At this point. The only Rangers player in the sort of danger area at the penalty spot is Ryan Kent, and Chris Iyer is looking right at him. Hmm. Scott Brown's in front of Iyer, close at the ball, doesn't know Ryan Kent's there. But that the Joe Rebo, he runs right across, well, a great run, right across Iyer. So Iyer gets distracted by a Rebo. Uh, Joe Rebo does his job brilliantly. He took, takes Christopher Iyer completely out of it, and it leaves Ryan Kent. Now, is a more experienced defender giving Scott Brown a shout there? You know, because Ayer doesn't seem to say it. He doesn't point to Kent. He just follows a rebo. So as someone else saying to Scott yeah. Brown, who's on him? Get Kent. See that? Just Bruni pull in. On that. I've said it before, but I'm not having it with um, Colin Chris Ayer inexperienced anymore. I, no, I no, don't no. think he is. I don't think he is. Did I say that? Yeah, I, I think I, 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 did, well, I, did, I, I meant more experienced stuff. Well, that, yeah. well, that's fine. Yeah, more experienced. Um, but I think Christopher Ayer is plenty experienced enough. He's having a bad be. season, isn't he? He's not been great recently. He's definitely not been great recently at all. And I think he's been posted missing for a couple of goals recently. Sam Cosgrove basically just out jumped him Mm, in recent weeks. And this one, he was, he let Katic go for, for the winner. I don't think he's having great form, but it's not so long ago we were talking about the two of them playing really well together, him and Julian. Julian, I thought he... But there were rocks in the cup final, weren't Yeah, of course, yeah. And Julian, I I thought he had a shaky start to the game and I worried about... He'd had a bit of a nightmare in the. T- he kept running into Morelos. Yeah, like, why? Oh, that's, why? And How that's, many free kicks do you want to give away here? And that's what I'm talking about. The experience. The you look at that guy. He's twenty, maybe twenty-seven or something. He's played at the, the highest level in terms of um, top five leagues and all that. And it's the, the naivety is absolutely unbelievable. If to to be given Morelos so many easy fouls. I mean, Morelos is like five years younger than him, but he knows exactly what he's going to do. All he has to do is hold the ball up and Julian's going to come crashing into the oh, back yeah. of him. Even if he doesn't come crashing into the back of him, Any touch the at merest all. hint of his presence and he's going to go but down. There's a couple it's of times one. that Julian's putting two hands on Morelos' yeah. back right <laughs> in front of the keeper. You think you need to, you, you know he's a wee toe rag. You know what his <laughs> game is. You need, you need to play smarter. That's what he is. Yeah. But, 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 the, but of, I think that naive sums up Celtic's whole performance, yeah. wasn't it? it was Which is mental. Because these guys have won so much. Yeah. This team has won so much. My worry about the first goal is I was furious about Bowen Golly for his performance, but there was a point in the game where he, he lost the ball and he strolled back into mm, position. Right. Strolled back in. That is unacceptable. And when you watch this goal, it goes over from right to left. 
Celtic's shape is all over the place. All over the place. Absolutely all over the place. But Frimpong's miles off Barisic, but Julian was out in the left back position because Bowling Goy was miles up and he hadn't got back in time. The midfield was wide open. Then Chris Iron and Julian I think they swap over positions and when we get back into position, it's, it's too late. They've scored. Yeah. We were all over the place. Our shape yesterday was absolutely chronic. Just to finish up on Julian, what I was about to say there was we're getting we're getting pretty distracted here. We branch off into the scattergun is in full effect. Yes. Now, here but, we go. This but, is what um, it's all about. This is what people tune in. For. <laughs> but Julian, I was just about to say we, we watched the St Mirren game so I'll together. Just throw this agenda on the bin. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> there is an agenda. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, we got together on Boxing Day to watch the St Mirren game and he went to absolute pieces in the second half of that. Just fell apart again, Julian. And I've just, I've started to wonder about him. Is, is he just, is he mentally saft? Is he is he a wee bit too emotional? Does he get, I'm not talking about emotional in the terms of like Alfredo Morelos. Does, it, does or, he get too caught up? Uh, or Alan McGregor, where mm. they're just outright violent at times. I just worry that Julian, I, he gets a wee bit a bit hot in the head and I don't mean again I'm not talking about throwing himself into tackers I'm talking about just getting a, a wee bit carried away with his own personal battles his own personal demons out there that he's trying to overcome I think it's it's the same for him and I really like yeah. see I are going to ground again when it's absolutely needless insufferable it, 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 it doesn't work <laughs> there was a, a chance where Aya could have he was down at the byline instead of putting the cross in he tries to cut back because why? He was having to cross with his left foot yep. and the chance is gone. We need we need to be technically better. We need to be smarter here. We know exactly what Morelos is going to do. Don't give him fuel. No, I thought Morelos was, was pretty rotten during the game. Football. I thought he's he was pretty terrible good. technically, well, that's but it. he's he, just a pest. It was both. He, he was technically very, very poor and missed yet another couple of sitters. I thought it was... He started the game, again, we talk about it, too emotional. He's shooting from everywhere. He... he Fired a couple of trundlers into Fraser Foster yeah. quite early on through through a crowd of players, and I thought, oh, he's lost it already. It's a matter of time before he just loses a rag, and that came much much later. But Morelos, Millie's right; he's not a technically good player, but he's still capable of, for some reason, making a, a complete nuisance of himself. And in, in this game in particular, completely bullied the our centre half. I think that's. I think it's either one or the other. I think you can be you can waste your time effectively running about, nudging people, bullying people, falling over. If you're not doing the other stuff like taking the ball and scoring, and well, that, yeah, like, well, that's it. Yeah, you that's, know, but you can concentrate on these other things when he's having a bad game and being an agitator. Yeah, but it was enough in the, on this occasion. He'd effectively, you know, he didn't score yet again, but he, he did his job, which is why he went off the pitch grinning <laughs> when he was later sent off. Let's talk about the equaliser. Um, basically, as far as I can say, as far as I'm concerned, out of nothing. Yep. Yeah. Um, highlight for me of the equaliser is um, Edward doing what Edward does best, coming short, getting the ball, shrugs off two Rangers players, um, proceeds in towards the Rangers goal. I don't know if he beat the third guy, um, but he done very well to turn away for the two. Callum McGregor takes a shot off, hits Edward in the arm so much. So raging are the Rangers supporters and the Rangers football club that they've released a statement on it today, amongst several other things, in the back of the net. Um, so what? Yeah. <laughs> it's not good enough. Uh, that, that was it. Two words, not uh, good enough. Um, perhaps the title of this podcast. <laughs> uh, well, let's call the podcast that. Uh, did you see that, um, that unbearable Twitter account, uh, Kerry Fail? Picked up on that. Someone said um, 
two words not good enough and I replied to that saying looking forward to Kerry Fell taking that seriously and it they did count it yep five minutes past <laughs> and they, they passed it off as if a Celtic fan had said it for real uh, yeah the, the equaliser I'm glad it was a handball it's a small consolation that, it wasn't a it hit his hand nah, it wasn't a handball the goal was fine but <laughs> there's your analysis <laughs> it was completely against the run of play yeah. right before half time and it wasn't until that then Celtic came into the game and looked good up to half time but it took 40 minutes again before hmm. we, we didn't carve Rangers open it was a speculative shot that took a deflection but where was the rest of I, I mean, I mean Celtic, the Celtic had their chances in the game they had 5 shots in target they had 11 shots in total a couple off the line Rangers as well from Stephen Davis corners Rangers scored well it's not carving them open you're quite right on a couple of occasions I felt we carved them we did carve them open I think one occasion in particular Edward sort of hesitated to shoot, oh. which is extremely unlike him. I was you know, just about to say, yeah. Sometimes uh, is he, shoot big man. Is he yeah. just looking for? Is he trying to get his comfort zone a wee bit closer to the keeper? You know, instead of rifling it. It was weird because it was on his right foot as well, yeah. and he goes to get his left. I've been very critical of him not hitting it with his left foot yeah. and trying to get it in his right. I, I just don't know why he didn't take the shot on. But that was when we were one 0 down at the time, and we get the equaliser after that. But that was a complete get out of jail free card, like the cup final. Get any half time, regroup, change something up, and sort it. Or don't. Just come out and play even worse than the second half. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what Neil Lennon said at half time. It's, you know, there's. And there's a lot of people comparing, you know, Lennon and Rodgers and the mentality and, and, and the stuff, and especially on the Patreon, I think it's summed up quite well by Chris McGrath. He says, do you think the Rodgers mentality is starting to recede now? Mm. I've had the hunch that the players have had that winning mentality, play calm under pressure still, but with Lenny, that's slowly ebbing away. Personally, I think that's a bit unfair because... You know, I, I was saying it to you, Melly, when we were in the pub after the game, I was saying, you know, that was a Rangers team that we've gone for beating 5-0 a year or so, or two years ago, and, and now it's this. But it's quite unfair to say that, because in Rangers' credit, we were beating Warburton and Murray and Kashinia. We were beating them 5-0, but since Steven Gerrard's come in, they've never really been on the end of a, of a Len thing, as we like to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have not. They've, they've been in every single game, and they could have got something out every single game. Look, these games are close now. This is why... I can't, I can't have bowling goal in the team because these games matter now. They didn't before because we were so far ahead. Yeah. If we drew the odd one, it was fine. If we absolutely lengthed them, it was absolutely amazing. It <laughs> happened all the time. But the players back, back then, although it became a bit tentative towards the end, they knew exactly what system they were playing with Rodgers. And I don't quite get that feeling with Neil Lennon. It's a bit more get the good players on the pitch and go and play a bit more old school mentality yeah. whereas Rodgers and Gerrard is a bit more methodical I don't, I don't think it's Gerrard I think it's that Michael Beale the, the goon that gets sent off that does a lot of the coaching But <laughs> is that who that was uh, this side so it's just like to go from them to come to our ground and school us again because being honest that's what they did Celtic if Celtic had a snatched a draw it had been like the cup final the cup final was a better performance because the we had we just had to dig in and battle it out. Didn't even have that then. It was just we looked beaten after the second goal. Uh, that that's what worries me. Rangers looked like the better coach team. They, yeah. they had a clear game plan, and I, I, I mean I don't really I don't listen to anything that Stephen Gerrard really says bar post matches when he's with us or when he says something hilarious that we want to talk about in the podcast, but. He strikes me as someone who's quite focused. He strikes me as someone who knows exactly what he wants to do with this Rangers team. 
Um, oh, can I just say, just as a wee aside here, remember... I'm not saying Neil Lennon isn't, incidentally. No. Just remember the theme of the podcast some time ago now, that uh, literal Stevie G. Yes. Yeah, that was that came back during the week there. Oh, um, someone put it to him that Rangers had a very good record wearing that red strip, so they've, they've had some good results in Europe, um, and it, it was suggested to him, maybe they should wear the red strip against Celtic, because you've got a very good record. And he said that he doesn't think it's the red strip that was the reason they won the game. He thinks it's because the players were good. <laughs> oh wait, I think he may be right. Yes, yes, I think he is. I, think he, I think he might have brilliant brilliant stuff something from, in that. Yeah. Um, he's, he, he was screaming at the camera and all that after the mm. game. A lot of Celtic fans were upset about it. You know what, Stephen? Don't care. I'm not interested. See, and Chris Sutton as well said after the game that they celebrated like they won the league. I don't care about any of that because that's that just makes us look petty yeah. and pathetic. I'm not interested. The Hart, amount of parties we've had that Ibrox. Yeah, and John Hartson talking about how he didn't do the handshake right. And all, I'm not interested in any of it. I, I, I'm not having any of the focus going on. Just uh, flannel like that off to the side. I'm, I'm not interested in any of it. I think that Celtic need to concentrate on themselves and their performance and not get into a tit-for-tat bullshit. I, don't, I, I honestly couldn't care less about any of that no, uh, no. Morelos gesture all that sort of stuff don't care about it unless more comes out unless that gesture you know Rangers went on the PR offensive on that gesture which suggests sometimes that there's maybe yeah. a, more to it than meets the eye I'm sure we'll find out if there is although um, I'd noted that um, they said that the, it was a it's a a common gesture in South America for meaning that the game's over slash your own throat <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the Colombian uh, press have said it, it's basically tarnished his otherwise like, yeah, good I noticed career. That. So I noticed that. They don't. They don't. I'm, as far as I'm aware, Colombia is in South America. It sure is. Yes. Uh, I don't. I. It's. It's very peculiar that they've suddenly rushed to his defence on that yeah. one. Very odd. But again, I've, I've already spoken about it more than I want to do because I don't care about any of that stuff. It's all just pish because I, I'd rather concentrate on what Celtic can do. To you want to get back after. to the. You want to get back to the football? Yes. Why not? Let's talk about Rangers if, winning goals. Oh. <laughs> you so, tricked me. Uh, Rangers, <laughs> so Rangers scored. Four from a set piece, a, a disappointing again. Celtic's defence actually was in a bit of a disarray for this one, but mostly what annoyed me the most was this was the sort of second corner they had. Yeah. Um, and it was almost a carbon copy of the one that happened just before Christopher Iyer got beat to the header. Uh, that one didn't end up in the back of the net. The, the resulting corner from that, Christopher Iyer gets beat and this time the ball ends up in the back of the net. Basic stuff. Basic stuff. Very basic stuff, and I know you've not been a fan of him, but recently with his performances, I'm starting to think, look, if we are going to get a centre-half in January, I don't want, I probably won't want to replace Christopher Raya rather than as competition for him, because yeah. I think when you see Julian's come in, he's made a difference, I think we can now do better than Aya. that's a lot of times, that's just simple, I know it can happen, but you can't do it in this game, you need to concentrate, and we were warned and warned, and for not playing well, for coming out in the second half, and it was absolutely pathetic. But if you're not having a good game, you don't concede from a set piece yeah. and give them the complete incentive to go on and win that game. It's such a silly goal to lose. It's not that I was like I, I was critical of Ayer a couple of seasons ago, and that was that was purely because I felt people were bigging him up. You know, some sort of you know, as if he was the finished article already. And my oh, point, the next Van Dyke sort of thing. Aye, and yeah. my my point was always there's areas of this game this guy needs to improve before we start talking about how good he is. And a lot of people, you know, liked that he broke out in a, in a midfield, and I was kind of skeptical of that because I was kind of like, well, yes, he does that, but let's concentrate on being a defender at the same time. Ironically enough, 
in this game I would have liked to have seen more of him breaking into midfield because he'd done it once or twice and it, it wasn't yeah. actually that yeah. bad in fact he, at one point I'm sure he made it in at the final third of the pitch because Rangers didn't know which player to go and close him down on you know he was sort of confusing things in there a wee bit it can be a useful tool when dealing with a quite so aggressive press if you uh-huh, can yeah. find a way to bust through it then it's better than just launching the ball at the pitch certainly but I just think his, his play at the back in this game and they go into ground again he'd done it against Aberdeen he'd done it a couple of times in this game like not see if you go to ground you need to make sure you win the ball because yeah. it's not because you know you're going to people say that they think oh well it's because you're going to concede a foul and that's true but you take yourself out of the game <laughs> yeah, like, you no, take yourself yeah. out of the game by going to ground half the time see when we're talking about the press I thought Celtic's press was non-existent non-existent you, you yeah. look back uh, at goals we've scored against Rangers in what the past two seasons a lot of them are from pressing and harrying Rangers into mistakes and breaking on them quickly but we didn't have that at all mm. the two fullbacks had all the time in the world to ping those balls over I really thought we should have just dropped to 4-3-3 three, three, pushed the three the two wide players and Edward right up on their back four and stopped them playing out from there because that's that was their tactic. It was simple. Get it down the flanks, into the space. Morelos will run on to it, try and win free kicks, deliver balls in, get it to Kent or Aribo in there and just pack the midfield. So I think we're not a pressing team anymore. I don't no. know. We're, we're mm, not a pressing yeah. team, but we don't sit off either. We're sort of stuck in limbo and we, we don't really know what we're doing. Just something you touched on there a bit, Melly, and again, this has come from the Patreon. They're sort of put home to Patreon a lot of questions and a lot of them are very similar, but this one's summed up by Gary Henderson. He says, are we just too reliant on having better players to dig us out a hole rather than a well-drilled system? Yeah. Um, and, and we've spoke about Celtic. We spoke about Neil Lennon's Celtic team a, a bit um, in the past like that, where he's just sort of relies on, on the players. It was the worry when he was appointed because Rogers had a clear plan, a clear system, and a lot got it did get turgid towards the end, mm. but the team needed refreshed. We we did worry about that now. We've played well in Europe. This is only one game, but it's two games now where we've been outplayed by them and it feels like outcoached and it is starting well, to become a, a worry. Do, yeah. But I think the reason is because Celtic kind of set their stall out and said, this is how we are going to play. And there's an arrogance, maybe arrogance a bit strong, but Celtic seem to say, right, here's our best players. Here's Christie, Forrest and Cham, blah, blah, blah. We're the best players in the league. We're top of the league. We're a winning team. This is how we're going to play. You come and find a way to play against this. And that's what you would expect at home. You'd expect Celtic to line up that way and have the opposition try and figure it out. I think I think in the past Rangers have sort of taken a approach where we're bloody Rangers and we're a right good team and we're <laughs> yeah. going to take it to you whereas Steve, Stephen Gerrard seems to have sat back and went right okay then I will try and come up with a way to figure this out yeah, a wee absolutely. bit yeah. you know, it only goes so far having the better players because I know that this might sound like a ridiculous comparison but I do have a point to it the, the 2014 World Cup the, when the famous, you know, the famous <laughs> game where Germany gubbed but Germany went on to win that they didn't have the best players they they didn't have a Neymar or a Messi or anything like that they had the best team and that's that's what got them there they they had the good system and they had good setup, good shape to them and I I know I'm not making the comparison directly in terms of quality I'm not saying Rangers are like Germany but I'm 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 simply bringing it up to to make the point that it's not always the the team with the best players that can just simply sail by on that Celtic do have better players but I'm not really interested in any of this oh what players would get into their starting 11 because that's not really how it works it's not I mean if that's the case you you don't really need a manager do you you just put put your good players out this is why the best managers get paid the most money because yeah. 
they deal with these situations, they adapt. Celtic didn't adapt. No. The shape was terrible, there was no cohesion. And then when it wasn't going well, what did we do differently? Cohesion. That's the word I was looking for a minute ago when I was talking about Germany that I have just cut out me hesitating over. <laughs> Listeners won't be aware of it. I'll get away with it because of editing, but that's the word I was looking for. Um, and Mark Cunningham said, you know, Lennon said we couldn't get the wide players into the game, so he took them off. Mark thinks, is it not his job to get the wide players into the game? You know, surrendering your formation because of the way the Rangers doing it, is, is it a sign of weakness? And there's a lot of people on the Patreon um, sort of questioning, you know, they're a bit worried about Neil Lennon. I, th- I think it's a wee bit unfair. I think Neil Lennon's done mm. a good job up until now. Well, he got it spot on at Ibrox, didn't he? Yeah. You, you could say that. He did get it spot on at Ibrox. The other way to look at it is how much of the fact that Steven Gerrard got it abjectly wrong Oh, he definitely did. Pl- yeah. Played yeah. into that, you know. Well, there is both on that. Look, you can say, is it a sign of weakness changing your team to well, negate Rangers tactics? I, I say it's more a strength. If you can realise this isn't working here, the best managers go, I need to change something. Look how many times Jose Mourinho changed it in the first half. Oh, oh yeah, hi. Pep Guardiola will switch a player's position. Aye, but I think the problem people have got here is... is you can't be arrogant anymore to think we're better than Rangers because... We are 100% in a title race. We are not miles ahead of Rangers. Let, in let fact, me ask, right now, they could be the better Yeah, team. that's exactly what I was about to say. Buzz killer. You just killed the Point killer, Pete. That's <laughs> what I was coming on to. Um, I said this in the Discord. Is there a genuine conversation to be had now about the potential that Rangers are, are they better than Celtic? Well, at the moment, it's, it's a valid point. It doesn't necessarily mean I agree with it, but these things, you know... Class and form, permanent, temporary, all yes. that kind of stuff. I think Rangers are without a doubt the better team at this very moment. Um, they, they've shown it over the course of the last month or so. They've com- comprehensively outplayed Celtic on two occasions now. And Celtic got away with one in the, the cup final. That doesn't mean I think they're the better team overall and they will, they will continue to be the better team. That I, I'm simply talking about just right now. The Celtic can get their way out of this, but they need to change things. They need to they need to change their setup in these games. Do you I've think no... Celtic have got the the staff behind the scenes to do it? There's a lot of people questioning that. You know what does there's more than one question going. You know what does John Kennedy do? Defensive coach, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did Damien Duff and John Kennedy and he's the winger Lennon, coach, mate. Uh, he's the winger coach. Do they sit down now and sort of do they take January? Maybe January's come at a good time. Do they sit down and go right? Let's reevaluate here a wee bit. Well, that's. That's what the best managers and coaches do. They'll try and find solutions. You said it. That's what Stephen Gerrard done after, done after that game at Ibrox. He thought, I got that wrong there. I'll do something different. Yeah. Now, we got got away with the cup final, but what a day it was. Absolutely tremendous. Yeah, yeah. Today, uh, yesterday, we thought, we've got a better players back. Edwards fit. We've got players playing the right positions, but we didn't perform. And in the game... We had to adapt and we didn't do that. So now we need to come up with a solution because we can go out and beat every other team in this league because we do have the better players and we are a better team. But we need to negotiate these next two games against Rangers oh, yeah. and make sure we do not lose both of them. Because if we do, we could lose the league. I suppose we should, you know, without being all negative, if we want to dig out some positives, I did touch on it. Things got a bit better when we moved to three at the back. He, he made the change brought on in Cham, Griffiths and Bitton um, to sort of mix things up a bit. And I thought from that point on, I, I looked at it going, maybe we should have started with this formation. Mm. Yes, yeah, like Harry Hindsight again, but the back three, we did <laughs> look, a lot, <laughs> we looked a lot more comfortable in that. 
it gave us more protection at the back and it gave us a bit more solidity in midfield and the wingers were so ineffective that we left Frimpong out there. He was out there on his own anyway and yeah. bowling goalie. Well, after that point... Arse, I'll be the taking him off as well. But. Frimpong eventually, when Beaton came on, he eventually had someone within 40 yards yeah. of him for a change after that change of shape. The one, another thing I was so disappointed with was Lee Griffith shooting from that free kick and that was absolutely criminal. There's... Aye. It's going to need to be a Nakamura one to score from there against a keeper like that Prick McGregor. But <laughs> to shoot from there is just so greedy. Just I need my goal here. I thought, mate, what is that? And see Griffiths coming on. It's just he didn't do anything. No, he didn't. He was very. I know he didn't get a lot of time, but we need a striker in January. Yeah. We I don't think there's any surprise us. that we're definitely looking for a striker yeah. in January. Um, Griffiths. Who knows what's going to happen to him? Bio not making the grade. Um, Scott Sinclair you know people are talking about him after the game forget about it nah, yeah. you know one thing Erase that really yeah. yeah one thing that you know sort of I quite enjoy I could play a wee game of uh, lost player bingo <laughs> yeah, on a, on social media <laughs> yeah. after we lose a game you know so far I've seen people wonder where Shved is yep. not good enough not playing sorry uh, what, what, how would you like to rephrase that where is Shved at yes yeah, there <laughs> we go yeah, yeah. Scott Sinclair forget about him guys yeah. people saying where's Jozo I don't know how many Celtic games Alzani. Jozo's played Alzani was, Alzani was <laughs> mentioned I even saw someone mention Lee Connell Luca Connell Luca Connell and obviously I've not seen Kwasi so he must be feeling mm. pretty bad Brad about himself <laughs> all these players just you know everyone mentioned could basically apart from maybe Azani could basically leave the club in January yeah. um, as far as I'm concerned because uh, oh, he's get, getting ruthless I know we'll get some <laughs> we'll get some real serious league winning business to get on with just looking at the league table last year compared to this year you know Celtic on this time last year uh, had played 20 games, they had 42 points. Rangers had played 21, they were on 42 points, goal difference of 32 and 27 respectively. Today, as we sit here, Celtic are on 52 points, Rangers are on 50 with a game in hand. Mm. Both Rangers and Celtic have improved their position and their goal, they've both got the same goal difference of 42, yeah. by the way. They've improved their position on, on last year quite considerably. You know, Celtic have improved by 10 points. Yeah, you know, from, from last year, and Rangers have improved by 8. So, you know, are we? is there a sense that maybe it's a bit worrying just now? We did lose the corresponding fixture as it was at Ibrox last year. Things were a wee bit closer. It was neck and neck and then by the end of the season, you know, it all came together for Celtic. Should should we maybe be taking a bit of solace out of that? I think Celtic, it's now a time. Look, this defeat, that was horrendous yesterday. We couldn't have played much worse, but we have to look at it now. after the cup final. Aye. <laughs> Aye. I think we probably played worse in the cup final to be yeah, honest I think, I think so. we did play worse in the cup final we gave yeah. away loads of chances Rangers didn't really carve us open and I don't think Rangers played particularly well yesterday which was even more embarrassing for us but we need to look at this now and go we're not the perfect squad we're not perfect we need we need a hand here we need to go into January get signings in early and come back flying because we came after the January break last year we came out flying and we built up a lead I don't see Rangers dropping points as many points as they did between February and May this season so we are going to need to up our game so we need to get reinforcements in we need to get some players back injured and it's going to be full tilt from now to January we don't have we'll only possibly have two European games but that's a, a while away so we need to concentrate in this league fully because coming back we've got potential hard games coming up as well Stephen where does this game leave us? Two points. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, where this leaves is is we need we need to wake up here because as much as nobody's going to enjoy me saying this, 
Rangers are a good team. Now I'm not talking about like brilliant. I'm not talking about like Barcelona or a Liverpool or whatever. But they've been a good team this season. Yeah. Look at them in Europe. It's not. It's not just a fluke. They're not just like concentrating on the league. They've been good in Europe this season, and they're in the ascendancy in the league. They have dropped points in fewer games than Celtic have this season, and they could potentially go top of the league. But see, even if you see if you're listening to this, you're going, ah, maybe they are, maybe they are. And he's overreacting. Do you know what? There's no harm in just considering for a moment the fact that they might be a good yeah, team. Well that, There's no it. harm in it. And what I mean is like that this is happening. This is is it's their not worst fears, but we all kind of feared that they would come back and start challenging at one point and they they seem to be getting us their, their shit together right at the right time to be challenging for a league. Mm. And they undoubtedly yeah. are. They're undoubtedly challenging for this league. Too much concentration on Dave King and Skint Sevco and oh, that has to stop. Uh, Ryan Kent costs seven million. Ha 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 ha. Marella says he's got uh, more um, goals in these yeah, games than again, James Forrest does. Why well, exactly? He's been more effective in the short time he's been at Rangers in these games than James Forrest has for Celtic. But again, it's just it's all a distraction. It's, just don't pay attention to that. This is a very very real title race, and we need to start taking it. Not that Celtic aren't, but we, we as fans need to start taking this very seriously. Yeah, if, if we think Celtic are a good team, well. You need to say Rangers are a good team yeah. because they're basically on pretty much the same points. If they win like their game in hand, they go ahead. So yeah. if we're going to say our Rangers aren't very good, what does that make Celtic then? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to be sitting here and praising them, but what I'm what I'm doing is I'm I'm simply highlighting that they've they've got my attention now, undivided attention, and I'm I'm not taking it off them for for the rest of the season because this is very very real as a title race. I've seen some people talking about oh the crowd were getting on the players back so to speak, but well, there's a reason for that, because the, we've seen it in a lot of games where Celtic don't give the crowd any reason to get behind them. Mm, right. they, they didn't have a cutback, something cut out, a shot, a good chance in the first half at all until the goal. Didn't give any reason for the fans to get behind the team. I know that they should be behind the team anyway, but the players need to go out there and give the fans a reason to get off their feet. Again, we didn't do that. The yeah. same in the cup final. It's just that. What is happening here? Why? Why is nobody here? Do you know that way they say that twins can sort of feel each other's pain? They can read each other. Yeah. Like they've got telepathy and all that. Yes. You know, I feel like I, I now spend so much time podcasting with Melly that at one point after the game, uh, Neil Lennon was being interviewed and he mentioned the word fatigue. Did he mention oh. it? I saw people tweeting and about it. Melly and I weren't together. We were probably the other ends of Glasgow from each other, and I felt that there's no way Melly could possibly have heard that. But I felt I felt him get angry. I felt him in my in my heart. There's a disturbance in the force. Melly has got angry somewhere. I think my, I've got a worry that Neil Lennon maybe needs to take his players by the scruff of the neck a wee bit after this game in the cup final. By the throat. I, by the throat. <laughs> I think he's all this talk. I mean, it, it says fatigue too much, or there's a bit of fatigue, or uh, or, or even uh, after games where players haven't played well, he's out telling us they're exceptional. That old Gordon Stratton thing where he used to come out and say, "Oh, I thought X was brilliant the day when in actual fact <laughs> Stephen Presley had an absolute honker." I think Strachan's yeah. problem was that he had such disdain for fans that he didn't he didn't consider that we actually listened to what he said yeah. and he just said a lot of shit anyway. I think Lennon's slightly different, but I think fatigue might be just one of his buzzwords. I think he might just yeah. throw it out there. So well, we can wrap up by saying. We're definitely in a title race. Oh, yeah. We need to sit up and pay attention. January has probably come at a good time for us because we're definitely going to get bodies in. Neil Lennon said as much. It gives us an opportunity to regroup. Minimum gives, two, maximum four, he said. Minimum two, maximum four. Gives the Cosgrove co- and Liam Lindsay. Looking <laughs> forward to it. Gives the coaching team an opportunity to sit down and evaluate this game for a... How long are they off? A week? Two weeks? Two, 16th, 18th of January is the first game. It gives oh, them three to the, weeks pretty much, yeah. pretty much three weeks and just make sure... 
it never happens again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And before we wrap up, uh, I suppose we should make mention to the Sit Meta game. It's when we've done our premiere live stream and yeah, question and answer. A debut, a Boxing Day Christmas official TMT live party. We, it, we streamed it, the whole thing. It, it was our TV debut. Um, <laughs> I managed to see how much Christmas weight I'd put on. Which <laughs> frightening it's unforgiving for those streams, isn't it? Yeah. So that, that was quite good. That's something we offered uh, for the first time to patrons. We we set up a live stream, answered your questions live. Yeah. Just, we, a bit of a watch party for the game. Got, got to see us watching the game and eating, basically. With, with uh, Celtic themed Santa hats on. Yeah. It. it was absolutely terrific. Um, if you'd like to get involved in uh, supporting the podcast or if you'd like to hear more from us, I said, as I said at the start of the show, we have a Patreon service, patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. There's a variety of tiers there, but it starts from basically £2-odd per month yeah. um, for additional content. So go on there and check it out. This will be our last podcast for a couple of weeks, our last one of the, of decade. the decade. Not on the Patreon, though. The content no, no. keeps yeah. rolling over on Patreon, but our last flagship podcast until after the January break. Yeah. Um, so just want to say thanks to all you guys who have listened to us this year, supported us, the numbers for the and podcast. And of the decade. And yeah. for the decade. <laughs> the numbers listeners for the podcast has gone up, but it's great to see that the podcast gets supported, so we're very appreciative of well, that. Well, Lens 10, number 200, is now our officially most downloaded episode oh, ever, awesome. so that's gone. So just goes to show that positive wins through in the end. That's been the biggest podcast we've ever done. So if, if we could do more winning, people yes, would, yes, would, exactly. do, would do more listening. Uh, thanks very much to you guys for supporting us along the way. Have a happy new year when it comes. Yep, yep. Uh, but most of all, thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs>